0: you guys. Thank you for pointing us to Jesus. Can't go wrong there, right? It's so wonderful to be back in this great Southland of the Holy Spirit. I, uh, I'm telling you, you guys are well aware you locked your borders, but we know that too. I tried to come here a few times the last couple of years and it just didn't happen. And uh, I remember standing here in 2020, well not in this building, but ministering here in Tasmania and Victoria and also in uh, Adelaide and I remember beginning of 2020, remember if anyone heard me preach in those days, January, February, 2020, and I remember getting up saying, in 2020, there's gonna be a season of release. God's gonna release us. And I was convinced God was gonna back us from heaven and we're gonna get this outpouring and this open doors and we're gonna go where God's called us to go. And, and I went back to my, the United States where I live and I landed on the shores there and probably a week later, The whole world shut down. And some of you dared text me and say, hey, how's that that, uh, release happening? And how does that look? And I I was very quickly to say, well, I've never claimed to be a prophet anyway. (laughs) But I wanted to say this, looking in hindsight. We have been released from a whole lot of stuff. That we, God's people, the church globally have been running with, been doing, been hoping God's in it, been busy getting on with stuff and trusting and believing that God's been in it. And at the time when it all shut down, perhaps we all had to realize, perhaps not everything we're doing was actually from God. And uh, I certainly didn't see this happening, but I want to tell you this, it's been the most painful season I'm sure for you as for me but it's probably been the most liberating season because God's released us from things but not just for the sake of releasing us from but more importantly to release us into greater things God is not a God who just takes away I listen to guys who talk that in their theology I'm just saying biblically they're wrong God doesn't just take for the sake of taking God removes and takes things from in order to bring us into some greater things, and this isn't hype, this is biblical, this is right, and I, I want to tell you that shaking reveals what we are anchored to, and I think there's some crazy things that have been happening, in this, and it's not an Aussie thing or a Kiwi thing, it's a global thing. Uh, God has allowed some things to be shaken. God is the God who shakes, and He shakes it up to show us what's kingdom and what's not, and I, I'm I'm, I'm In the pain of it all, I'm grateful this side of eternity that He's revealed what's not kingdom to us. So we actually can fix it and adjust it and address it rather than give our lives to something and our families and our, our everything. And only one day to get to heaven and realize actually the stuff we gave our lives to didn't really matter. So I'm grateful to the Lord in His grace and His mercy that He shakes it up and reveals again and gets us back to what really matters. And so well done. I want to say that to you. Now I mean that well done to you who've stayed the course. Even if you've had some shaking and we all have. The church has been shaken. I think the nations have been shaken. God's not done shaking but the shaking has happened. And I want to say to you well done. I mean that. Well done for staying the course. Well done for serving Jesus through this crazy season. Well done for pressing in and finding what it's all about and coming back to the things that really matter. My nation in the United States, 35,000 churches shut down through COVID and will never open again. 35,000. That's a lot of churches. That's a lot of people who just said, that's it. I'm done. I don't want to be part of this thing anymore. And they walked away. Pastors who shut the doors said they're never coming back. And I don't throw rocks at them. I don't want to speak bad of them. It's probably a good thing that happened. And the reason it's a good thing is because position-led churches will fall aside. People who had to ask themselves, is there something else I can do? I ask myself that every single day for two and a half years. <laughs> is there something else I can do? well, then I better go and do it. But those of us who came back to, there's nothing else I can do. This is what I'm on this planet to do. This is why I'm here. This is my call. We're still here because God's equipped and readied us not to point fingers and throw rocks, but the church that God has called in this nation, in this region, the church that Jesus Christ is building is a church that is call-led rather than position-led. And when the job's done, get out of here. No, no, this is what God's called us to. And the call change. I mean, who we called to be to, uh, is never going to change. But how we serve, where we serve, and how we go about it, it does change. But the call of God, friends, and I want to tell you, well done. I know some of the guys in this room the pastors and the leaders and everyone well done. But pastors and leaders, well done to you for staying the course. Not only did you have to lead your own life, your own family, but you had to lead people through this crazy, crazy, crazy. And No seminary and no degree and no Bible college and no podcast and no book's going to tell you how to do that. They didn't teach us this at Bible college, did they? <laughs> None of us wanted to be TV evangelists. Now everybody's a TV evangelist. <laughs> It's terrible. So I've watched some of you. Stop. It's time to go back in your building. And let me just tell you that the whole challenge of the season wasn't to get the church online. It was to get the church out of the building, but not just online. And we're doing ministry online. No, God's got a plan. And so I'm here to just say well done to you. But these crazy times we're living in, God's done some crazy things and good things. How I think the best way to describe what we've gone through and going through is we're all in the same storm. This is a global storm, but we're all in very different boats coming into this next season, it requires us to deal with the stuff that needs to be dealt with in our own boats. Don't look at other people's boats. Don't look at what everyone else is doing. Let's not start copying and doing what everyone else is doing. Let's deal with the stuff in our own boats. Same storm globally. Every congregation and church that we partner with in thousands and thousands of churches all over the world, all got hit with the same storm. But it wasn't a one-size-fits-all. It wasn't a fix-it-this-way. It's all of us dealing with stuff in our own lives, in our own families, in our own regions, in our own local churches, and coming back to the things that matter. Have you sorted out your boat? This moment we've been in, has not paused the mission God's got us on. God never stopped what He was doing in this crazy season. Maybe God paused what we were doing to remind us again of what He is doing and to remind us that without Him, we can't do anything. We claim that and we read that, and John 15 has probably become the most preached text in the church over this crazy season, but Jesus made it pretty clear. Apart from me, you can do nothing nothing. What we were doing is doing stuff and tagging Jesus on, adding Jesus in it, making room for Jesus when we don't know what to do. But most of us knew what to do. So we just carried on and hoped that Jesus was in it. And then boom, it all shut down. We all to come back to what's the most important thing. We're going to have a session this afternoon on lessons from lockdown because we want to learn together. But I want to tell you the greatest lesson for me is that the Lord of the work is way more important than the work of the Lord. And I would, in 2019, stand here and tell you that, but I probably didn't believe that because I was so busy with the work. And and then the work for what I'm called to do, to travel and go, that's my calling. I was locked up, shut down in America. You heard about us, right? You have. I've been here a couple of days. I listen to your news. You like to talk about us all the time. All our dramas. you got some here too, just so you know. But anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> I was stuck in America, and I love America, but I wanted to get out. I needed to get out. And every time I, I do, you get into question a whole lot of stuff and, and, and the work. And, and then I realized my faith, my hope, my identity is in the work I do. I'm governed by His work. And the work of the Lord changes all the time. Are you listening, Pastors? But the Lord of the work never changes. He's the unchanging. Hebrews 30, verse 8. He's the same as yesterday, today, and forevermore. So I want to just challenge us again and again. It's great to sing these awesome songs. Love that we love Jesus. Love that we're here to encounter Jesus. But this I tell you, whatever is to come, it's going to have to be you and I wrapped up in the revelation of Christ. Christ alone, all Jesus, only Jesus. And, and again, to tell you, a correct view of Jesus gives us a correct view of everything else. Are you there? And so I've listened, even to this great nation, how some of us are coming alive. These are the end times. Here we go. You end times people are all excited now. And here we go. And it's the mark of the beast. Here we go. And the vaccines and the vaccine passports. And, and listen, I'm not getting political. But I realize that some of us are on this mission, it's all about those things. And and I want to say, maybe we're headed there. We definitely are headed there. I'm convinced, and I've said this pre-COVID, that I believe Jesus is coming back in my lifetime. I believe that Jesus is coming back while I'm leading NCMI. Have I got a word from Him? No. According to my Bible, no one knows, only God. Not even Jesus, just so you all who think you know you know more than Jesus, just so you know. <laughs> anyway, we won't go there, but I believe Jesus is coming back in my lifetime while I'm leading this team. If I'm wrong, it doesn't matter. If I'm right, it matters. And Paul thought in his day Jesus was coming back, and he was wrong, but look how he lived. The early church were convinced that night is over, the end is near, and it wasn't. We are, it didn't happen, but look how they lived. I'm telling you, we are 2,000 years closer than they were. He could, he might, it's possible. But don't get so caught up in in times that you miss the very purpose and reason God's put us here. It's about mission. It's about getting this gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what Jesus said. As I listen to guys now, it's all about eschatology. And please don't get offended. Come back. We love you. We need you. I'm also interested in end times. But but your correct view of Jesus will give you a correct view of end times. I do say this, and I know some still get offended by it, but it's true. Uh, Our our Christology determines our ecclesiology. Uh, Sorry, our Christology determines our missiology. And our messiology determines our ecclesiology, and our ecclesiology determines our eschatology. Now for the Kiwis, because we have a few of you here, let me explain what that means. There are, it's good to have some other New Zealanders here. Welcome, you Kiwis. What that simply is, I'm joking, you know I have to say that. But listen, friends, our revelation of Jesus determines our mission here on earth. It's not about mobilizing the saints to get on with some mission. It's about your revelation of Jesus that forces you, moves you to reach across the aisle, to reach to the people. The disciples were willing to die, put their heads on a block, kill me, cut me up. Not for a mission, for the revelation of Jesus. Our revelation of Christ determines our mission. And our mission determines the church. Don't tag mission on. We are birthed in mission as the church ultimately the church plays a major role in eschatology end times. and times that's why we need a correct view of jesus and i think everything in our culture and everything around us is kind of distracting us from or bringing us down or an obscured view of jesus and that, that's why we got to keep contending for this revelation of who jesus is are, are you are, are you with me friends nothing new I want to suggest that the church over the season, the foundation of the church has been ex- exposed globally through this crazy season called COVID. COVID's exposed many things corruption and all the stuff, the sin of man, the sin of people. It's all out there. But we, the church, we got exposed to. I think so many churches, the foundations of the churches have been built on personalities. Heard about that? Giftings. Leadership styles, leadership giftings, patterns, all the stuff that are important, but they are not the foundation. And so in shaking, we've all come back to the foundation, the foundation being Christ. Now we have our foundation right. And I'm convinced coming out of this, whatever season, whatever lies next, I'm sure craziness is still waiting for us. I believe if the church is gonna come out of this way more effective because in a sense we've found our bridegroom king again. We've reconnected with our head and we're going to do way more for him out of love than we will out of duty and religion and responsibility. Many Aussies have tried church, but know this, they've never tried Jesus because they haven't found Jesus in his church. And so in all the shaking, God's brought us back to Christ first in everything people have said oh it was a setback and listen I understand leadership right we've been set back too but this was not a setback this was a setup I do believe looking back God set us up I believe God's been reclaiming his church taking it back say this many times it's not the self-indulgent immorality of our culture but it's the self-sufficient mentality of the church that is hindering God's work through His church. Are you there, friends? It's not the indulgent culture out there. It's not, it's not the immorality out there that's destroyed. It's the self-sufficient church who feels like we can do what we can do without Him, and, and He brings us back to how we need to be leaning, me, leaning more on Him. I believe that He's been bringing a greater revelation of Jesus. So we can represent Him better in this time and in this season. And I've met many guys who said to me, in know time pre-COVID, if only I had more time. If I had more time, I'm telling you, I would give it to Jesus. I, I would spend more time with Him. <laughs> I've never met anyone who didn't say that to me. If only we had more time. And then for some time, some of you lots of time in some of your states, you, you had a lot of time. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to... It's true. I don't know how you got here, but I'm glad you got out your state. But <laughs> but all of us, for a moment, had more time. So let me, let me ask you, how many of us spend more time with him? Don't put your hand up, please. Uh. I think we got busy with stuff again. Movies or what Netflix, or books, or downloads, or podcasts, or more books on how to come through COVID, and how to build a church through COVID, when they've never done that, but they wrote books on it, and We all went on Zoom. We all went online. And, and nothing wrong with that. But did we spend more time with him? And, and if we're honest, maybe for a week we did just because we were so worried he's coming back. We wanted to clear everything right. <laughs> Apparently, people said income went up for a week. is because everyone thought, I better start tiling in case he does come back. <laughs> Sorry, friends. I, I don't mean to make light of this context, but it's, it's been heck for all of us. Well, I realize it's actually not a time thing. It's a priority thing. We make time. Not because we have to. Because it's a priority. Now we're back, getting on with things again and getting busy with kingdom stuff. Have we adjusted the priority of Jesus Christ, making time for Him first in everything? Or will we be forced to go through another season, be shaken, fall apart, come back again? Or would we be willing in this moment to say, you know what? It's not up to my leaders or my pastors or the church. It's up to me. My relationship with Jesus is my relationship with Jesus. And others can encourage me and stir me and challenge me through it. But they can't do it for me. So stop blaming others. He's not your grandfather. He's your father. So connect with your father. Make room for your father. Connect with him. There's needed a reset. We, we have. I know people say, oh, I don't, don't use that word reset. I think reset's good. We had a reset as the church. I know some of you computer guys wouldn't like me saying this, but sometimes when my computer's just messed up, and I just unplug it, I wait, I put it in, and then I push. It so, somehow resets. I lose a lot, I understand, but it's quicker either way. But I, I kind of feel... See, I want to know what God's been doing. Not just what are we doing, what are they doing, what's our government doing. What's God doing? Because God's doing stuff. He's not caught off God. God did not send COVID, but He allowed it. And I know He allowed it because it happened. And He allows these things to fix things. And part of it has been a reset. So maybe you're worried about the reset the world's giving. And maybe that's true. But there's been a reset. Have you been reset in the season? Leader, pastor, follower of Jesus. Have you allowed Him to reset who we are and bring back to the things that matter most? He's refocused us. We've been too busy doing church at the expense of being the church. And so He's refocused us and He's got us back to getting our agenda from His Word, not from the world. In 2019... October, November 2019, I was preaching at one of our quips in Toronto, Canada, one of the similar thing to this, and the churches in the east coast of Canada, all the guys were there, and I was really stirred by God that, that we need to get back to being praying people, the church needs to get back to praying, and, and listen, when I live in America, America, I'm, I'm, I love America, you get there, that's my home, I mean anytime the Lord says come back here, i am gladly do that, I arrived here with my Aussie passport, and I came in as an Aussie, and it was awesome, and then they welcome home, and I'm like, well, I'm not really home, but it's good to be here. Even though it was not a person, it was like a, a robot or something. But they, there's this attitude, or was this attitude, that we just too busy to pray. It's a schedule that is busy, and we just don't really have time. Maybe we can pray in the closet, maybe we can pray at home. But don't call for church prayer meetings. And I, I, was, I watched our guys begin to buy into that line. Gets, our people are too busy. We go, and so we began to tag it on, add it on. Maybe 10 minutes before the meeting, we'll pray. And most of that prayer is all about the meeting, not praying for the nations. <laughs> and people are busy, so let's make it work. And we'll just tag it all on Sunday. It works good. And I get that, friends. I'm not trying to make it hard. But you're going to struggle to find a tag-on prayer meeting in Scripture. And, and that's the drama, is that when a church doesn't pray, look at the nation. God's looking for prayers. We're called to pray. And so suddenly, so I began to preach, man, I'm concerned. We've got to get back. I love what someone said. Prayer is weakness leaning on omnipotence. I am weak. He is strong. If I can do this without him, I'm not doing what he's called me to do. And the church became a little bit arrogant. Like, Yeah, we do the Jesus thing. Yeah, we do the prayer thing. But we got this God. We don't need a prayer meeting when we need a prayer meeting to pray for God to move His sovereign hand, for God to do what only He could do, for us to dream what we see in the book of Acts, right? Oh, God, I long for what they were walking in the book of Acts. That's how the church started. And then we think, okay, download and an outpouring and another pouring and a new pouring. But actually, the church was praying. That's why they were walking in power. But the church was earnestly praying. So I began to preach and say, we need to get back to prayer and one of our prophetic friends on our team, Ken Grenfell, he lives in Virginia in the U.S., and he had a dream, and he came and told me, I had this dream. I said, oh, that's great. What's your dream? I always get nervous when the prophets have a dream. What, what, was that while I was preaching or when you went to sleep? Did you sleep through my preaching? That's... And he said, I, I, I had this dream. And I said, okay, well, tell me about it. He said, well, I was driving my vehicle, and it was full of people. And I was on my way to a prayer meeting that NCMI was hosting. And he said, I drove past and I dropped everyone off into the prayer meeting at the prayer meeting. And I went out and parked my vehicle in the car park. And then I walked out and, and I was walking towards the prayer meeting. And then I remembered I'd left my Bible and my preaching notes in the, in the vehicle. So he said, I went back to the vehicle to get my Bible and my preaching notes. And the vehicle was gone. It disappeared. And then he said, I was devastated, not that the vehicle was gone, but the notes were gone and my Bible was gone. And he began walking back to the prayer meeting and he saw in the, uh, in the car park, on the side of the car park, his Bible lying there, but the notes were gone. He picked up his Bible and he walked to the meeting. We all walked out and said, where were you, Mr. Premier? And he woke up and he said this, November 2019, pre-COVID. And he said, I feel this is what God's saying, that that vehicle represents the church or ministry. It disappeared. It was taken. But he said, "I feel what God's saying is that we, coming out of this and going forward, we need to be a people who are only about the Word of God." Because he didn't find his notes, he found the Bible only, and we need to be a people who are praying. Because he was on his way to a prayer meeting, and for me, forgive my ignorance, I was like. That's it. I'm right. I'm preaching right message about prayer. Only to know a few months later, the whole church globally shut down. Disappeared for a minute. And I I didn't even put two and two together. Forgive me. I didn't even think until 2021. I looked at that prophetic word. I phoned him. I said, hey, Kim, did you know this was going to happen? Thank God he's an honest prophet. No, he didn't. But friends, everything disappeared for a season. I know the church still functioned. I get that. But ministry as we know it ceased. And so I suddenly realized, hang on. Okay, I can't change that. But coming out of this, it's got to be the word of God and prayer. Those two things. I I don't believe anyone in this room would disagree with that. Yeah, Of course, we know that. It doesn't matter what we know. The word of God, my dear friends, please hear this this morning it's not you and I hanging on to a couple of great promises that God promised over us when He didn't. It's not some prophetic word that one of the prophets get up, and I love the prophets here, and we've asked them to speak, but it's not God watching over a prophet's word or even a promise that a pastor gives you or you pick or Joel Osteen gives you in the morning or whatever, and I'm not mocking any of these people. We're hanging on to promises without understanding. Everything in Scripture links to the purposes of God. Are you listening, the purpose of God, God's word reveals God's purpose, and so every prophetic word, every promise that we're hanging on to, is not this personal thing, God and me, it's linked to God's purpose. And if we're not linking it to the purposes of God, honestly, we don't have the right to claim those things. And so I want to challenge us coming out of this is that we need to get back to the purposes of God, not just our plans and hope God's in it. We've got to keep coming back to the Word of God, radically word-based. And let me tell you, I know we claim to be word-based, but I'm saying radically word-based. If it's in there, we do it even if our culture opposes it. And let me tell you, our culture opposes the real Bible, the real Word of God. And so we are in a challenge not to fight our culture, but to stay true to God's Word because God's watching over His Word. He's building according to His pattern. We need to be radical. Even if it's not relevant to the culture, it's radical. It's Word-based. It's God speaking His plans, His purposes, and we're fitting into that. And then it's going to take courageous, cold men and women who will stay the course, not hanging in hope, but building with confidence and courage because it's the very Word of God. When you open God's Word, God opens His mouth. We want God to speak, but we're not willing to let God speak through His Word. I love how someone said this. The Bible is the only book whose author is present when you read it. I want the author, when I share and speak, I don't want to have some systems and a couple of thoughts, food for thought, and hey, go home and think about the things I'm saying, and here's some concept. It's the Word of God. It's going to rock our worlds. It's going to challenge us. It's going to be a mirror and it's going to be a lens. It's going to be things we have to adjust and we have things we're going to have to live out. We're going to have to build according to it. And friends, I, I, I know that most of you agree and all of you should agree, but it's not easy and it's going to be more difficult going forward. But we've settled this. God's watching over His plan, His purpose, and we want to be about His thing, not ours. Yeah. Proverbs says there are many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose who prevails or that prevails. We planned. We had huge plans for the last couple of years. But God has prevailed. And we've got to keep coming back. So pastors, I want to encourage you this morning. Stick to the plan of God. People will come. People will go. People will love you. People do hate you. People are going to despise you. People will give. People will take. People will be for you. Then they'll take people from you. It's going to happen. I'm not trying to downplay it. Stick to God's purpose and plan. That's the call. He's realigned our hearts with, and repositioned us where He wants us to be. He's released us from things in order to release us into greater things. I believe we are focused more on mission than we're all worried about how we get about doing mission. The methods seem to be as less relevant than the call to mission again. I want to ask you to be free pastors and leaders this morning. You can do some things in a new way. Don't do it for the sake of change, but find strategies in God. As long as the mission is the focus. The mission is what we're about, not the methods. And the pressure is, this is how we do it. This is how we've always done it. How many of you know it doesn't always work the way we've always done it? And that's why God's given us freedom, not to change things because we're bored, to be more effective so we can be more fruitful, so we can get the job done, so our Jesus can come back. God's moved us. The pain of the people that have left. How many of you have seen people leave the church that you're part of? Or Put your hand up, please. How many of you have pained? I hope you haven't rejoiced. Some probably a good thing, some not a good thing, but it's painful. We've had churches closed out. We have churches bailed us, leave us. It's painful, friend. It's so, but I want to just say this. It's not they wrong, we're right. We've got to stay on the wall. Pastors, can I speak life to you this morning? Stay on the wall. Your job's not to get off the wall, to go and get people to come get on the wall. Stay on the wall. You're on the same wall that you were before COVID, stay on that wall. They know where you are. You don't have to go find them. But there's this pressure. My job is to go and take care of it. Why we burn out? You know why? Because we are entering into battles that we're not called to. Just because you are invited into a battle doesn't mean God wants you in that battle. And we have seen that in these last couple of years. Every cultural battle, we have to step up and say something or not say something. And if I do say something, if I don't say something, I, you, you know what I'm saying, right? You know how many people have attacked me because I don't say anything about it on social media? I'll just tell you what, I decided to get off social media. Not because I'm scared of it, because I wanted to destroy every person on. I'm serious. I'm not having a go. It's like a cesspool. <laughs> Listen, friends, the Aussies know this. The only one who enjoys getting in the mud is the pig. Don't get in the pig. Don't get in the mud with the pig. Don't mess around. with I don't, know, don't get offended. Get healed. But here's if you want to keep posting, then I'm going to ask you to do this: pray before you post. And that's what I decided to do. And you know what? I stopped posting. Not because I'm scared. Because he told me, talk to him. Don't tell the world what you think about everything. And you know, when you, when, you, when you pray, he gives you his perspective. So you're no longer posting, disagree with that, like that, dislike that. Don't like my government. Don't believe in passports or vaccinations. Don't you, You're a sheep. You're a goat. You're for me. You're against me. I mean, friends, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, just stop. We're destroying each other for the sake of the gospel. Show me that in scripture. <laughs> Please come back, all right? Sessions are going to get back. But it's true. I mean, you've seen it, right? Guys are unfollowing people and unfriending, be defriending, and I'm not your friend anymore. And come on. The devil's loving this. He's watching us to tear each other apart for the sake of the Lord. When the Lord's saying, I'm not in any of that. You know what I've found? I'm getting in trouble here because it must have been a while I've been here, right? It spinner, been a bit. Uh... <laughs> you know what I've found is most cause militant people are spiritually illiterate. <laughs> they are on a cause for the king when they have no presence, no God, no spirit in them. It's just destroy, divide, fight, because we want to fight. And I I know that some of us have a fight, and God's called us to fight. But how about we fight the right battles and not fight each other? Because God hasn't called us to take each other out. He hasn't even called you to overthrow your government, just so you know. I know that's like a touchy thing, but Jesus didn't arrive and say, I'm overthrowing Caesar, I'm overthrowing this guy. I'm serious. Just live like Jesus. Be more like Jesus. Are we friends? Come on. I've been locked up in America. That's why I'm saying all these things. Right? I think one of the big, big shifts in this season is we've had to move from what we can do back to what only he can do. Listen, guys, the church is tired of running with ministries and filling out calendars with endless ministries that do not require God. So coming out of this crazy season, I believe God has brought us back to this relying on Him and trusting Him and dependent on Him. Zechariah 4, 6, it's not by might. It's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Think about that. And what he was saying, he was speaking to King Cyrus. And he was saying, King Cyrus, it's never going to be in the people that you have. Your might will never come by the people you've got. Are you listening, churches? We think "Ah, it depends on how many people we have. depends on really how much we can get done. And now we've lost some people. Now we're feeling like we can't really do anything. I'm telling you, God says you can have 20 million people in the church. You'll never have enough. It's never going to be by the might of the people. Then he says, nor by power. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Cyrus, your if you'd like to partner with us, you can you visit ggclife.com forward slash We hope you have an amazing not week. Enough. Be blessed. It can't be done in our position. He says, not by your people, not by your position, but by my spirit. Not the spirit, not a spirit, my spirit. The reason I'm saying that is because it seems that we as the church are gripped by the spirit of this age rather than the Spirit of Christ. That's why we're in these battles and political and all the political stuff. It's because the Spirit of the has gripped us rather than the Spirit of Christ. And, and he says, not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit. Are you listening? We quote that all the time, but we've got to get back to living then. I think this crazy season has forced us back to that. Philip Yancey said, a society that denies the supernatural usually ends up elevating the natural to supernatural status. If we deny the supernatural, we then elevate the natural to supernatural status. That is evident in all nations. But can I be bold enough to say it's evident in some of the churches? Hence, we begin to put a gifting or a preacher or an anointed pastor above the supernatural, and that's where the the church comes crashing down because our faith is in ministries and people and rather than in Christ and in the Holy Spirit. And we will not, must not allow that to happen again. Who do you have faith in? Your leadership, me, don't. NCMI, don't. Your church, no, who? Him and Him alone. early church was spirit-filled. Don't forget that, spirit-filled. You know, the Bible emphasizes, right, that God is omnipresent. I love that. I think every believer, oh, I love that. Oh, that's great. What does that mean? It means God's everywhere. So if I go to the highest mountain, he's there. If I go to the depths of the sea, he's there. God's everywhere. And I'm good with that because if he's everywhere, I don't have to worry about anything. But as much as he's omnipresent, the Bible says that he's manifest present. He's here. He's not everywhere. He's also here. And God wants to show us more of him being here, not just being everywhere. We don't have to worry. So what will we do with God is here? Not because we have it on our billboards or on our podcast and say we believe God is with us and he is theologically. But what about when God shakes it up to be with his people? What will we do with God being here? Incarnate. God is here. He was with His people in the garden in the in book of Genesis. He, he came, He was with His people in the tabernacle. He was there when Jesus came. God wants to be here, not just everywhere. And I know there's some weird stuff that we've seen, but in the weird stuff, don't shut God out from being God because God has come back to shake it up and reveal Himself to His church again. God is here. I, I've been saying this. What would the church look like If it was built to attract God, not just people, it probably would look different to the churches we have right now. And I'm not anti. I mean, look at this thing. I mean, jeez, look at this. It's like a TV right there. I mean, wow. That's. I love this. I'm grateful. These guys bought this so we could use it. So thank you very much. But seriously, I'm not anti any of this, and I think we must use all of it. But let me tell you this. This is not to get God here. This is to attract people, which is awesome. But what about a church that attracts God? Can you imagine if another shaking takes place and they're connected to God? They're not going nowhere. But if they get the no show, they're going to go find another show. So I want to set the pastors in this room free here. You don't have to put on a show. Stop the show. Get Amen. God in the midst. People will link to God. You don't have to worry about them. And when the shaking comes, they link to Him, not you. Yeah. <laughs> Bible. Spirit moved. Spirit sent. Spirit led. It's not this weird thing, honestly. And I know that this weird stuff. And other guys are going to preach around the Holy Spirit and maybe make space for Him and Maybe some stuff will happen. But listen, it's not weird. It's not freaky. He's God. I think we've got to get back. Pastors, I'm talking to you this morning. We've got to preach back on around the Trinity, the Trinity. I live in America. The statistics are troubling. More than 80 or 90% of, 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 of evangelicals in America do believe that the Holy Spirit is non-existent. They don't believe He's real. How many of you know we have a problem in the church? And many talk about the Holy Spirit as a blessing from God. So here's the deal. If He's a blessing from God, then we don't really have to have Him unless we want that blessing. But my Bible does not say He's a blessing from God. My Bible says He's God. So now, do you want the blessing? What will you do with God the Holy Spirit? He's not an optional extra for deluxe Christians. He is God. He's God. He's God. And I know, again, friends, let's come back to the word, radically word-based. You're going to struggle to find a biblical backing for no power. There's no such thing in the New Testament. Fire is there. What you will struggle with is to find a biblical backing. Yeah, for no, no fire. People are strange fire. Yeah, I know strange fire. There's biblical backing for some of that. But no fire is there. You have to walk in His presence and power. Are you with me, friends? It's not like let's go after this. No. Let's make room for God the the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Not three people, one God, three persons. How do you best explain this? Uh, Someone said, if, if you try and preach the Trinity or explain the Trinity, you lose your mind. But if you don't preach or explain the Trinity, you lose your soul. So because we don't fully understand it, we just silent and hope they get it from Bill Johnson or get it from someone else. And then I'm not trying to, okay, let's move his name aside. Those people, someone else, okay, not Bill Johnson, sorry, delete that, please. Someone not, we don't know. And they're going, your people are going online to download and hear from people, not Bill Johnson, people who don't know what the Bible says. I'm not talking, are you with me, please, Sorry. whoever, okay? Benny Hinn. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, let's just use me. Okay. If they get in their revelation from Tyron Daniel, that's not good. It's your job as a leader to teach your people what the Word of God says. And if we're worrying that they're getting it from someone else because we're not giving it to them from what God's showing us. That's our job. So don't pretend it's not there. The worst thing we can do with power is pretend we haven't got it. Spirit sent, spirit led. Your calling is not within your skill set. It takes God to serve God. Are you hearing, friends? Calling's not enough. You need, the God, you need God in you to serve God. Amen. Just so you know, and I know that I'll step on some toes right now, but we don't need to activate the Holy Spirit. Who do we think we are? Okay, I'm going to tell God, now you activate it. <laughs> we actually don't even need to invite Him because He's already here. Okay. Who do we think you are? you welcome. Now you can come, God. <laughs> Blessing, yes. God No. What we need to do is simply honor him. Honor the Holy Spirit. Honor. Not go after him. Not activate him. Not invite him. Just honor. And let me tell you when the Holy Spirit is genuinely operating, genuinely, he's not taking the glory, he's giving the glory to Jesus. God the Father, God the Son god the holy spirit he they have their roles they know their roles they're not questioning who's getting what glory they know what they're called to do we just need to honor god the father god the son god the holy spirit radically word based not obscure not what they're teaching you at these conferences what the bible says got to stop going to conference I mean thanks for coming to this equip but it's not a conference but we didn't can I can I get in trouble I hope I'm not causing enemies I'm just trying to you know what days are numbered friend and we we just got to get back to truth I don't have issues with anyone I praise God for everyone doing their best but we don't have to fly to conferences to learn how to heal people (laughs) okay We just have to trust God, read the Bible, lay hands on the sick, and in His name, people will be healed. And we can learn from others. I understand equipping, but I don't have to pay lots of money to go here on how they do it. Paul never was taught by anyone how to do it. He got saved and encountered Jesus, and from that day, he went and laid hands on the sick. He didn't go to conferences and tell them he's ready now to go and pray the prayer. Now I'm all for equipping, but I'm not about let's go to conferences that tell us what we have to do. I, I, just be a be be a Christian. Just trust God is in you. We we need this church, the end time church, to just go and do it. Rather than get so equipped, so ready that we forget why we're equipped and ready to do. Sheesh I don't know why you're laughing, huh? Eh? There's nothing wrong with an equip, all right? It's what we need, but. (laughs) All right, I got to, we got to have a coffee in a moment. (laughs) Shit, you need one of those, huh? All right, let me just, uh, if I can just give you, I haven't even got to one note yet, you realize it, not one. I haven't even made a point. Let me just give you a couple of things and then we'll read scripture afterwards and get to the points I tried. I'm going to, I'm not telling you this because you'll leave, but I'm going to do the next session too. So don't leave. Okay, please. It's going to get better. I promise you that. I believe that in this season, there's been a tearing down of the old, but there's a building up of the new. I believe the times have changed and the times are changing, but the church's role and mandate has never changed. So I want to say to the leaders, and I know that Darren got up here and talked about leaders. We're all leaders, and we are. But I want to just address elders and leaders and pastors for a minute and say this. It's easy in a season like this, at any time, but in a season like this, to lose your focus and to become distracted. I don't believe the devil has been given the power to destroy us, he, although he delights in destroying us. But I do believe he doesn't have the power to destroy us. But what he does have is the power to distract us. And so you know how he destroys us? By distracting us. By getting in every fight. I've always said this, three three guarantees in leadership. God loves you, the devil hates you, and everyone else has a plan for your life. And that's true. If you don't know what you're called to, you're going to end up trying to do what everyone tells you what you to do. And in that moment, you are in danger of missing the mission and the mandate and no longer serving the purposes of God. I think there's some, if we're honest, friends, like me as a leader too, we're just leading in the flesh at times. We're just like doing things in reaction and doing things because everyone else is doing it. And I want to say, please don't do that. Do what God's told you to do and don't do anything else. Don't do everything everyone else is doing. Otherwise we're just going to get back to everyone running with the same thing and hoping God's in it. How about we do some things we've heard God in and we celebrate what God's doing with other people. But we don't all do the same thing because we're not called to do the same. thing. Don't do things in reaction. Man, the reaction right now. People say this, we've got to say this. Our preaching, sermon, our schedules are all on what the world's telling us to preach. We have to do series to identify the cultures and to give answers to our cultures. Who's behind the culture? The devil. Meaning what? Who's setting the agenda of what we're preaching in the church? The devil. Why? Because we're reading to the world and say, they're doing this, we better tell the world church what to do. No, friends. Preach the word of God. Go through scripture. It will cover that stuff. But don't be led by him. Be led by him and give the direction to the people we've been taught to. I know this isn't easy and I'm not having a go at you leaders. I'm saying this to me too. Everybody wants me to comment on everything. Preach on this BLM and Me Too movement and COVID vaccines and government overreach and honesty. And I'm like, I'm exhausted every day. I'm dead scared to dare look at what's come next because now I have to address that. Ukraine. You need to put up a flag of Ukraine, Tyron. Otherwise, they don't know you stand with them. And I'm sitting there going, well, we got churches in Russia. What do we do with that? It's not the Russians' fault. It's the leadership in Russia, not the people. And so when if you stand for one, you stand against something else. You don't see Jesus playing the political game. He just stood for His truth. <laughs> and I know the pressure. People say, if you don't do this, I'm leaving. God bless you, my friend. I mean it. And it's tough. Well, there goes my income. God's your provider, not your tithers. I, I, I know it sounds easy. It's not. I'm not saying it's easy. We can love them through it, but we can't play the game. Please, God, not man. That's the courage. That's the season. That's where we're at. And get on board. If we can show them biblically, who can argue with God? I, I, I'm not, like when you preach the Word of God, you're not, re- you're not writing it. You're reading it. It's God's Word. Got an issue? Have a chat to Him. I've got an issue with a lot of what I'm saying. But if you don't know, it's like we all like, "Eh, I have to go there. Now I have to comment. Friends, you don't have to comment. Jesus left things for people to work out for themselves. Jesus just stayed the course. He didn't look to overthrow. He didn't look. He just said, my kingdom will function like no kingdom here. And it can function under any other government. I don't need Caesar out in order for my kingdom to be advanced. That's why the majority of the Jews actually would not even accept Jesus as the Messiah because he allowed the the, the Romans to treat his people like trash. Way worse than what we see. And he didn't overthrow. He could have taken Caesar right there and went, boom, you're dead. What is truth? Are you a king? Let me show you. I'm a king. I'm wiping you all out. He didn't say that. Who do you say I am? What do they think? I mean, Jesus, what? just wipe them out. Your people need deliverance. Jesus says, no, we will bring my kingdom, and it can function and operate like nothing on this planet. It's not another political party. It's my kingdom, and it can operate in Russia, in Zimbabwe, in North Korea, in China, in Australia, in New Zealand, under all corruption and government's that are corrupt, and that are man-centered, my kingdom can operate under it all. (laughs) Aussies, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. There you go. Some are leading in the flesh. Some are leading in fear. You know, some are preaching for the absence of criticism rather than for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We will adjust our messages so we don't get criticized. And I understand it, but don't worry about it. God's got you. Fear rises in the absence of faith. Some are just fatigued, tired. I know some of you here today are tired, spiritually and physically, and we trust in God will restore you we believe that it's part of the prophetic words of what he said but i want to say this please we'll land with this one please don't make decisions in despair there's a god-given inheritance that he's entrusted you to lead don't give it away because you're tired don't make decisions that are going to cost generations to come behind us because we were tired and just said i've had enough Now, there might be a season where it is over, but don't quit. Let's do it right. But don't make any decision in despair or in tiredness or in fatigue. If you make those decisions, you generally make fleshy decisions rather than kingdom decisions. And we've all faced it, and we may be facing it here today. I'm here to encourage you and challenge you. Friend, God's got this. God's got you. We want to walk with you. We're going to work this with you. But don't quit. Don't give up. And don't make governmental decisions in your despair and tiredness. Hear God and do what He says. No tricks, no formulas. Hear Him and do what He says. It's not based on who stays or who goes. It's based on you doing what He's called you to do, period. And you are significant in simply obeying Him. Not how many people you have in your church or how many guys you're getting saved. Those things are like the byproduct. Just obey. And God's got you and heaven celebrates Obedience way more than it does performance. Let's pray together. Father, we are incredibly grateful to you that in all this you never left us. Jesus, you never changed. We've had to change but you haven't changed. We're so grateful. I I just pray for my friends in this room that truly they'll be released from things and things will be taken off, not because of me, but because of you. That there will be fresh faith, fresh courage. Pray your blessing, your presence, your power, your infilling, your refilling, even now for, for kingdom understanding rather than just natural stuff. Pray those who've questioned, may you confirm this morning your hand on them, your calling, not their choice, your choice. Fill us with courage, not to fight people, but to stay the course, walk in the things you've caused. Protect us, provide for us, show us, confirm Bring people around us in this and we will carry this with us. Not because it's ours, because it's yours. May we adjust in our boat what needs to be adjusted. May we not look to what others are doing. May we deal with stuff personally and in our local churches, in our marriages, in our own lives. Let us deal with what needs to be dealt with and come back to the things that matter most we pray In Jesus mighty mighty name amen